electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber coming off the worst day of the month so far for the Dow and the S&P as new COVID restrictions raise concerns about Q4 economic growth. We are expecting recount results out of Georgia today. Uh, Claims jumped to 742,000. That ends four weeks of declines. Our roadmap begins with the virus and new restrictions as New York City closes schools and deaths across the country now top a quarter of a million nationwide. And throughout the hour, we'll have parts of my exclusive sit down with Liberty Media's John Malone, what the legendary media icon has to say, oh, about COVID-19 virus, direct-to-consumer, streaming, so many uh, other topics that we hit in our hour-long sit-down. Later in the show, the CEO of GoodRx. We had him last week, but since then, well, Amazon came into the business. What does it mean for his business? Carl will ask that question amongst others. Yeah, that's some good stuff for this hour, guys. Uh, Jim, we've talked for the last week and a half about the fact that a path to the vaccine would uh, face some setbacks And clearly, New York City schools, new state of emergency in Wisconsin speak to that. Right. I think that one of the things that we needed was uh, a bridge, which would be stimulus to the vaccine. We don't have the stimulus. We're getting these terrible numbers. We have half the country that thinks that the numbers are okay, given the fact that the death rate hasn't skyrocketed. We have the other half who are saying, look, if we don't do something about it, then the healthcare system is going to be overwhelmed. In that scenario, it's very difficult to be able to say, you know what, I am going to start buying stocks, not worrying about the illness because one day there'll be a vaccine. David, as long as we were close to a vaccine, or at least thinking we were close, and there was nothing catastrophic between that, then we would be happy to buy all sorts of stocks. But it is catastrophic out there, isn't it? Well, we've been talking about the course of the virus over the last couple of weeks more frequently again because we need to because of the potential impact it's going to have on the overall economy, Jim. And we know that. Uh, And the numbers are horrible. Uh, There's no other way to put it. And as you say, of course, different parts of the country are dealing with it in different ways. But the fact is hospitalizations, which I think is a good measure in terms of our ability to cope with it, is at an all time high. Where are we? 79,000, I think, something like that, approaching 80,000 people being hospitalized in the country. And a number of places are very close to being potentially overwhelmed. And that's a key consideration here, because at that point, your government does need to do something locally and typically to try to shut things down in some way to prevent a health care crisis. But the lockdown uh, is not embraced by a series of states. No. Uh, Mask not embraced. No. Viewed as being... Uh, frivolous. There was yes. a Danish study came out last night that said, but we, we, if you use half people have masks and half don't, it doesn't work. Of course, the whole point is to have everyone wear masks. So, I mean, look, if you want me to sneeze on you, all right? Yeah, uh, I, don't. It, I think you prefer me to have a mask. Yes. It, that's just kind of cut and dried. And Carl, I, I, I look for uh, 
things like just two days ago, where we had some just roaring, or yesterday with Target, roaring retail numbers and saying, okay, those are ones that are going to accept that they will get through a lockdown, they will get through whatever. And then you get uh, a little beleaguered and say, you know what? Uh, I don't know who's going to go uh, because it's too scary. So you're back to using shipped at, at Target. You're back to using Amazon. I think that Amazon comes out the winner here. When we talk to uh, GoodRx, I think that you're going to feel even better, even if uh, Doug Hurst pay, puts up a good fight. Amazon is what you go back to. That's what you defaulted to when this started, and it's what you default to now. Hmm. Jim, a lot of this threads into the uh, presidential transition. Uh, today, it's two groups, the National Association of Manufacturers and the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, who put out a statement saying, let's get this transition going, something that the president-elect talked about yesterday, and just trying to get access to information about where we are on COVID response in the coming weeks. Here's what he said. We've been unable to get access to the kinds of things we need to know about the depth of the stockpiles. We know there's not much at all. We get to the point where we have a sense of uh, when these vaccines comes out, how they'll be distributed, who'll be first in line, what the plan is. Unless it's made available soon, we're going to be behind by weeks or months being able to put together the whole initiative relating to the biggest promise we have with two uh, drug companies coming along and finding 95 percent effectiveness, efficiency in the vaccines, which is enormous promise. Jim, uh, I mentioned the two business groups today, but Axios uh, puts it pretty well today, saying that it's really business leaders, Macmillan, Nadella, Mary Barra, uh, who are filling the vacuum of leadership in yep. D.C. Yep. Yeah, well, how many uh, divisions do they have? They are uh, private industry people. That was referenced. That was Stalin versus the Pope. Uh, and I always think about the idea that uh, what Michael Semblis has put in my head, the fantastic strategist J.P. Morgan, which is that there's a, this is an ongoing battle to get reelected. It has shown no slack, even though there's been many decisions in courts that, that are against uh, the president. I don't think the president's going anywhere. And I know there are people who say, well, wait a second, the apparatus will come in and claim the White House. I do not see, I read the president's tweets. David, uh, do you I, think that the tweets mean nothing? I mean, no, listen, it's a strategy that Mr. Trump, President Trump, has followed his entire life, right? He litigates and litigates and litigates. He, you know, I remember following his business career and talking to people who he dealt with through many years. Uh, oftentimes he would end up, uh, you don't like that. I don't like that deal. And then just pushing and pushing and pushing until conceivably he could get a better one. But Jim, do you think Jim, Jim Semble said that was a black swan event. Do he we did need not say it was likely. Well, I... Every day I pick and, it up, there's a new challenge and, and, and a new yes, state. These, this is highly unusual place we find ourselves. I think we can all agree on that. In fact, what, what, maybe we've it, never it, seen anything quite morning. like it 14, 15, 16 days after an election, which, uh, again, seemed to have been decided a few days after that when they counted all the mail-in ballots, uh, that we still have a person in the White House who refuses to in any way, shape, <laughs> or form accept uh, that, uh, that they lost. Well, what, um, what happens yeah, if It's he, extraordinary. I don't want to make bar? lighter. What happens at Barr, which, who, uh, you, yeah. what? This is not Archibald Cox, my friend. No, it's not. It's not. What happens if, if, if Attorney General Barr says, I've had enough, and he impounds Georgia's votes ahead of the December 14 Electoral College vote? Uh, Carl, can he do that? 
I mean, no, well, right? This is in the symbolist note. This is in the symbolist note, this idea that perhaps uh, the attorney general could uh, could come in and, and, and impound some of the results, Jim. But that note also says that a lot would have to go wrong uh, for Trump to be reelected. And even some of the experts Sembolist is working with at J.P. Morgan Private Bank have written stories literally titled, Relax, Joe Biden will be sworn in on January 20th. Well, I, if Michael Sembolist says don't relax, I'm not relaxing. I've known him for many, many years. And he is someone who Jamie Dimon is listening to, I believe, over these other people. He's a must read. This is the eye on the market. And he's not necessarily uh, coming up with a path for the president to become reelected. He is coming up with a path that says this is ongoing and it could go through the inauguration and there's nothing. David. I know. Listen, it bears watching and we all are very closely. I noticed yesterday where they're not seeking to invalidate a million and a half mail-in ballots in Pennsylvania. Right. It bears watching, but it also bears mentioning that so far they have lost every single challenge because they have not been able to actually in any way bring to a judge sufficient evidence of what they continue to call fraud. Well, is that um, what it, maybe Attorney General Barr says the whole system is corrupt? And it's time for the Jim, attorney you know general what? to step in. If that in. happens, we've got so many bigger problems that, you know, well, I just you don't and want, I can talk just, about where we're headed. I, under um, those circumstances, do I want to go by Home Depot? I don't know. So it, is, would, if it would impact you, the way you view the market right now? I mean, by the way, we'll get to them, everybody. We'll get to NVIDIA earnings. We'll talk Macy's a bit. We'll, we'll get to some of the key earnings this morning in news uh, as well. Well, can uh, we on put the it on the table? Front. Let's if, not forget if, that. But, if we put it on the table here on Squawk on the Street, then what's going to happen is people say, okay, that's a risk factor. But right now, I think yes. there are a lot of people in this country who think the idea that you need two White Houses is ridiculous, that there has to be a second White House. I, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about? No. You don't know what I'm talking about? No. Where's the second White House going to be? I haven't arranged it yet. I don't know. Let's put it in, the, not, def- let's put it again, in the Pentagon. You want... You want to, I mean, we get to that they point. Just, are you seeing who's being fired? Then it's, then it's, Do you see who's being fired? And we're done. What? The people being fired right I, now I'm are aware part of the, the people apparatus being fired. to protect this yes. country. Yes, I am aware of it. The continued question is whether or not a sufficient number of Republicans uh, in the Senate and in the House will step up, Jim, and say, okay. Uh, we've got to move forward. Uh, yeah. And you heard Go- President-elect Biden talking about the real-life impact of it in terms of at least affecting the transition. The funds have yet to be released with the GSA, and it, it is starting to have at least, he says, some impact on their ability to know what the Trump administration is planning for uh, vaccine distribution. Uh, uh, how that would f- impact their I, own distribution. We'll be right in the middle of it, by I the know way. We have to go to you know, the early. I know yeah. we have to go yeah, to Malone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do. But what kind of stimulus package can you do when all the president does is tweet about Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Michigan are his, and Arizona is his, and the Georgia counts getting you closer just, and closer? You can ignore it. Uh, I can I, ignore I, it. That's what I got to tell you you got to do. I can ignore it. Yeah, in some way. Uh, so I'd rather hear Malone because he gave us last year some unbelievable picks. You know, Malone is always a man of reason. Uh, I'm talking John Malone, of course. Typically, he and I sit down live at uh, this time when Liberty Media has its annual Investor Day meeting. Uh, all the different CEOs of the companies they either control or have some sort of level of control in and tracking stock in. We do it Midtown Manhattan. This year, like everything else, it's virtual. It's today and tomorrow. Uh, but I did get my opportunity 
uh, virtually to talk to uh, Mr. Malone, of course, about so many of the things going on in the industry, as we always do at this time. But specific to what we're talking about right now, we actually also spent some time talking about the current environment, given the virus given the impact it's had on the economy and how he, remember, he's one of the wealthiest men in the country, largest landowner, owns an enormous amount of the state of Maine and lumber and things of that nature. And I asked him, has the current environment and what's been done uh, in terms of spending to uh, deal with the relief that businesses have needed, has that changed the way he thinks about allocating capital? In my opinion, uh we're seeing, we've seen, we've survived this because of enormous fiscal and monetary stimulus. And I've got to believe this will lead to a devaluation of currencies. That hard assets, you know, will, will increase in value in currency terms. I'm not sure I'm going to call this inflation, but it'll look like and feel like inflation. And I think we're seeing it in housing uh, you know, the, this unrealistically low interest rate environment, which has been necessary now in order to avoid worse problems, uh, you know, it's, it's hard for me to believe that it won't be followed by a period of, of currency devaluation. So, in, personally, you know, I've been trying to invest or diversify into hard assets, uh, you know, I think things I've bought this last year, I, I've bought uh, substantial interest in, in uh, multifamily housing, primarily in the U.S. And I've bought, I've bought, uh, agri uh, I've bought uh, irrigated farms uh, because commodities were cheap and farms were at a low cycle in value. And I'd always wanted to have some some irrigated farming, so now I'm growing potatoes. <laughs> John Malone wow. always surprises, doesn't he, Jim? But it's interesting to listen to him talk about his worries about a devalued currency and what, what. And by the way, we've got a lot more spending to come. At least many people hope there is more spending to come, given the period we're in right now and the aid that is potentially needed by small and medium-sized businesses, not to mention municipalities and states around the country. That is fascinating. Ag land. Yeah. I mean, remember, he already owns a lot of, he owns timber. He's the largest single landowner in the United States of personal, but private But that's what landowner. you buy in hyperinflation. When you think there's hyperinflation. Yeah, it's funny because he didn't say he wanted to call it necessarily inflation, but he did believe fully in currency devaluation, which would essentially have that effect. Uh, yeah. You know, it's wow. funny. We're going to talk to him, as everybody knows, all about the media landscape, his view of things, where they stand, this new idea that he has about the so-called channel store, that being the Roku's and Apple TV's, not Apple Plus, Apple TV's and the Amazon Fire Stick of the He's world. He's a believer. And how, oh, yeah, and how powerful they are. Does he think Apple's going to develop channels? Y you know, I'm going to leave that for the viewer to see. When Were we you get, teasing when we get to me? It. Yeah, I'm going to tease a little. I'm going to tease a little. Why not? Wow. Are you going to go and buy some potato farms at all? No, no, but my wife wants to buy another house. We have a lot of houses. Yeah, it's hard assets. She says it's an investment. It is. It you is. furnish it. Okay. You're going to be able to move to all of them. Well, when there's two white houses. This one's got ag land. I am feeling Malone. Am I going to feel, feel Maffei? Sure. They got a SPAC. Carl, I don't know if you saw that, Carl. I mean, of course. Why not? 
Now, Liberty's got us back. We're going to talk to uh, Greg Maffei later live uh, as they, of course, get that uh, Liberty Media Investor Day underway as well. Yeah, ticker LMACU. Uh, going to be interesting. Uh, there's a look at Maffei coming up in the 10. When we come back, uh, we'll get to Macy's NVIDIA. Got some uh, vaccine headlines out of AZN that affirm IPO news and a lot more. Futures are mildly weak here. We're back after a break. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. All right, we promise we get to some of the earnings, of course. Let's do it in a mad dash. NVIDIA is a name, Jim, that you've been following so closely for so long, know so well. Uh, and not to mention, man, when we take a look at five years, which we will. Yeah, it looks been bad right there, right? One of the better stocks I think you've ever Best recommended. Thank you. I, I got it from, believe it or not, uh, Audi. Audi told me that NVIDIA is going to change the way cars are built. It's probably uh, 15 years ago. Uh, and this is, a, people thought it was just a gaming play. Last night, David, yes. a, a tour de force conference call. Jen Sen was on it more than he's been in a long time, usually on by Collect Crest. David, these are personalities in the Valley. People think of Jen Sen the way they thought when Da Vinci came up with a helicopter. Right. Do you remember that? I do very well. He is yes. so far ahead of the it's rest of us. Drawings. He's talking about inference. You know, I love inference. Yes. That means you go into a car and you say, oh, man, it's hot in here. And immediately the air conditioning goes on. Right. Uh, he is saying that the uh, graphical user interface is replacing the traditional semiconductor. Yep. In other words, that Intel is going away. This is before the whole the whole thing is done without even any discussion about the big deal. The arm deal. Yeah. I mean, but the numbers that they're putting up are enormous. Not that they haven't been reflected in the stock price, Jim, which I guess gets back to it. We'll see if it opens down or flat. Oh, if it opens down, look, it, it, you, you can buy it. There's seven uh, firms that raised price target. But the, the, there was a reason why they didn't miss. On, they missed on some lines, the data center. David, there's so much demand, they can't make them. And Jensen has always said, look, the pro- that's a high-quality problem. The real problem is when there's too much supply. That is not the case. If he had all the chips, I have no idea what number he put, but he is saying that they should get all the chips to people who want them. And you, you remember, we're talking about Google. We're talking about, uh, we're talking about unbelievable demand from Amazon, right, from the Microsoft. They all look to Jensen and say, please, we need more chips. The gaming companies. He's developed shading. You know what that means? It means that the characters are shaded. This is what Cezanne did. They have their own David, this own is, shadows. It yeah. was Cezanne. Yeah. Remember? I do the remember arte- him too. The tectonic shift we're going right when you through. were making the, like, the bowls of, uh, of, of peaches and apples? Cezanne. Yes, I Cezanne. Yes. Cezanne. I thought he was Da Vinci. He's both. He's both. And David, the two White House, look, I just want to tell you. Uh, don't that's it. it. Yeah, what? Well. No, I'm just saying that it's going to be a fight to the end. That's what the two White House comments. Okay. There will not be, it's not going to be the Naval Observatory in the White House. And please, people who think, I'm just saying, the battle's not over. The election's not over for Early one not, man. At least there's one for person one man. continues to battle. Yes, well, too many, Giuliani and then maybe Barr. Yeah, a couple of other people. Then there's the U.S. Army, which I think is going to take the side of, of Biden. 
Oh, the hundred and first. All right, here we go. Uh, hey, John Malone, he's a great patriot. <laughs> Got my exclusive continuing to uh, talk to him about so many different things in the media landscape changing so quickly. Stay with us. We've got an opening bug. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up. A lot of airline news today as Southwest holds a uh, call about uh, returning the MAX to service. Jim, at the same time, uh, Delta is going to keep the middle seat open through the end of March. And United says they are seeing an uptick in cancellations and a decline in bookings for the week that ended yesterday, as maybe perhaps uh, some of these restrictions are starting to force Americans to cancel some travel plans. Yes, I think it has to do with where they're going and not the plans. I, I believe that the the airlines and Boeing have made a very good case by now saying, look, one of the safest things to do is to be on a plane. I think the 737 MAX is a plane that I would fly with ease. But to where? To where? What to go to? The, a little bit of Disneyland that was just open, David? Where are you going to go? You take an Airbnb and go where? What, what are you, what's your plan? Uh, I don't have one, unfortunately. I wish I did. I look forward to uh, getting the vaccine as soon as we all possibly can and therefore start to move around. Are you in which easily. ones have you applied to? I applied to J&J and Pfizer. I haven't applied to any. I'm just going to wait until it gets distributed and, I'm a, and it's available to me. But uh, to your point, and this point has been made, of course, by Southwest CEO, who, uh, Gary Kelly, who's joined us, saying, yeah, we're ready to go. The question is whether people have anywhere to go, Jim. I know. And, and by the way, Gary Kelly, from the beginning... Carl, he point this out. He is he, he's just ta- he's talking again about, you know, what's there to do? Not real optimistic about yeah. demand to improve. And he's he's right. I mean, I want to go away. I, I, well, I, I'll go at this point. I'll go anywhere. I'll go to the new White House. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you <stopped. laughs> uh, Jim, you know, you mentioned Disney uh, and uh, got lost yesterday. But S&P did cut Disney to triple B plus. Um, their point is that vaccine uh, does not mean that the consumers are going to race back to crowded venues. They say they see normal operations at the parks in fiscal 2022. Um, so uh, this notion of uh, and even I think it's leering today uh, says no full herd immunity until 2023, 2024. Well, I disagree. The best with- case is that by next by next summer and early fall of next year, you have enough where people can't get back to schools and entertainment. What if that's only half the equation? If you're Disney, you can, with all these new at-homes and with the Abbott test, you can make it so that it can be COVID-free. Uh, they can test people. You just have to... Do you think that the, the cruise ships are going to wait until everybody is vaccinated? No. 
They're going to make everybody have a PCR test before they go on the boat. The two ways to do it, David, you can vaccinate or you can test. And they're going to test. And if everyone has been tested, hey, welcome aboard. Wait, you're nodding. No, on the I'm podcast, nodding because we're going to talk about the opening bell here. But Jim. on the podcast, it just sounds like you're dissing no, me. No, I'm not dissing you. I was just waiting. <laughs> Carl typically <laughs> talks about the opening, tells us who's ringing the bell, if there's anybody there. So I wanted to give him that chance. Right. Yeah, I got nothing on, on bell ringers today, Jim. But you do mention the cruises. Uh, and Carnival just now with... Um, 10 million shares at uh, 1759. Yeah, Carnival's um, like an investment uh, bank. On a new offer. <laughs> they just issue. They're like the, they're one of the greatest clubs. I need, you know, can you imagine you're in you're in, Jamie's having a meeting. He's saying, "Listen, Solomon has got Carnival. I need Carnival. Carnival's going to make our quarter. Okay, you get Royal. Okay, I want Norwegian. I want these. And get me Delta. David, these are founts. They're founts. David. <laughs> They do issue a lot of stock. And you can't blame them for doing it. No. Do it while you can. American and the, recently. the millennials I mean, love had, it. The, the zillion, what do they call them now? The zillennials. The, is that what they're called? I don't even know. But they love it. Yeah. Give me more. They think issuing of stock is a great thing. They like the new Simon Properties deal. Give, they think the more stock, the merrier. All right, well, maybe they're we like should Robin start Hood. educating them about things like dilution instead of them thinking that. I assume they also think stock splits are somehow very accretive. Yeah, well, it creates yeah. a lot of value. You can't, you can't kid. Jim, the idea is to bring these people in, as you know. You've spent your life wanting to do it, and now no, you're making fun of it's, them. No, there's a group of people who don't understand. There's a group of people who say if they issue a lot of stock, Carl, then they're going to be solvent. So, therefore, they're going to go in the spring. They're going to do the PCRs. They need to issue the stock. And you know what? They're going to be right. These younger people will be right. I just don't think they understand that if you bid stock up, that you're going to get slapped with an equity offering. Now, Carnival in the old days would be down to 16, but these right. people like it, and they may not be wrong. They are taking a longer-term view than the typical hedge fund. Yes, they are, and there have been some, ver- some anomalies during this period of time where we've seen, I mean, remember Hertz almost did an offering as a bankrupt. I know, but look what they did to Ford and, 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 and GE, millennials. Yeah. They were at six and seven, yeah. literally, David, six weeks ago. Millennials piled in when they had those good quarters, mm-hmm. and now they're up a lot more than most of the Armageddonists that we have to deal with all the time. Are you surprised there's still the, – do you think this cohort, <laughs> this group – you know, we talked about this. Uh, of course, Malone's coming up. Don't you worry. Uh-huh. Uh, we talked about this, uh, Carl and Jim, early in the pandemic when there was no sports betting. And we said, well, right. these guys are following that guy that you used to talk about all the time, whose name I won't even mention. Right. But they're going to go away once sports comes back. But they have gone away. No, not only have they not gone away, David, every they invest so much. I was on Shep's show two days ago. He yeah. had this great package about all these people who are, who are never going back. They don't have commissions. Carl, no commissions inspired a lot of people to say, you know what, I'm going to buy individual stocks. And they bought the, if you look at what I have Robin Hood on tonight, if you look at what they were buying, they were in there buying all the stocks that ended up doing incredibly well. So who are we to criticize? Who are we? Uh, we can't wait to hear about Robinhood, Jim, because just in the past couple of days, either filings or, or reports of Robinhood, Airbnb, DoorDash, we haven't yet mentioned a firm. I mean, it's a wave. 
it is a wave and people are excited about it and people are excited about stocks and we better catch the wave and surf the wave or else we're going to be left behind. Individuals like stocks so much. And if they can't buy a $500 NVIDIA, they'll buy a fraction of NVIDIA. Uh, David, they will listen to what Malone says and they will buy a stock, if Malone says it's good, because they'll I say think it's great. Malone's I think, great. I think people should, because it's a new generation needs to listen to somebody like that uh, who's been allocating capital for now 40, 40 years. I mean, obviously built businesses and, and still has a great idea of, of that, but is also he, allocating capital. How about the Discover? So in a, in you, he gave us Discover. He gave us discovery, yeah. How about it? The, yeah. David, that was at 18 and went right to 28. Yeah. Do you think the millennials are, the millennials have looked at Google Malone, they'll say, very wealthy guy, really smart. Mm-hmm. He'll come on and say X, Y, Z, and then they will go buy it and they will make money. Whereas all the, the Armageddonists, Carl, they'll sit back and say, that's a foolish thing. Um, well, you know, since you mentioned it, we might as well get to a bit more of my conversation with John Malone, of course, uh, chairman of Liberty Media. Um, We typically spend a lot of time, as you might imagine, talking about the significant changes that have been taking place in the video ecosystem, for lack of a better term, direct to consumer. We focus so much on it. It's so important to Disney's business model. It is Netflix. Is it important to to, uh, Amazon, to Apple? Um, But it's a place we always start uh, with, John, at least I do every year. Uh, And I did again, uh, sort of saying, give me your take on the landscape, given HBO Max is now up and running. Uh, our own Peacock here at uh, Comcast is up and running. What does the landscape for direct-to-consumer look like? Clearly, there's uh, two. There's one dominant player in direct-consumer, uh, which would be Netflix, uh, that has scale and globality. Disney is making a pretty good run at it, getting substantial numbers, uh, penetration, uh, at least in the U.S. and, and in some foreign markets. Uh, yet, I, I don't think we've yet seen uh, what the conversion rate of Disney is going to be, uh, but they seem to be off to a very strong start. And then there's a ton of other streamers, and there's a ton of channel stores, I guess you would call it, and uh, there's the hybrids, uh, Amazon, are they a channel store or, or are they a direct consumer uh, video provider? Uh, uh, you know, we have, uh, with Discovery, we have aspirations to be able to offer direct consumer services uh, and, and uh, that organization is working hard at that. Uh, and I think it's too early to see what kind of results uh, Peacock is going to generate with their hybrid approach. So it's kind of a too early to say, I'd say right now, who ends up controlling it. I think the people who have the, uh, the platforms, uh, in addition to the content or, or only the platforms, like a Roku, uh, are in pretty good position to build uh, uh, a long-term profitable uh, global business. I think you have to draw the distinction between people who get to the consumer through other platforms or people who get to the consumer directly on their own. And I, I put certainly Netflix in, in the on their own category and, and maybe Disney. Everybody else is going to be in some kind of a hybrid world of depending on 
I guess you could call them channel stores or third-party platforms to uh, to reach uh, a, a large-scale audience. So if you have to go through the Apple Store or you have to go through Roku or you have to go through Amazon, uh, it seems to me that uh, your ability to understand your consumer uh, and your profitability, perhaps, is going to be adversely affected versus being able to be direct. Interesting. Uh, again, this idea of channel stores, the Roku's, which he clearly seems very positive on their ability, Jim, to sort of continue to deliver and take that toll. The Amazons, not just Prime in terms of what you're tuning into, but Amazon as a store for other people's content that they will deliver to you because their platform is so ubiquitous. Or Apple, he feels these are really adding a lot of value. And it's interesting because, of course, Malone, TCI, again, the young people may not remember, was the largest cable company in the country. Right. He built Liberty by taking equity stakes out of those programmers that he gave distribution to on his largest cable platform. And in a way, it's somewhat similar to what we're seeing now with the Roku's. You need you need to be on Roku. That was right? fascinating. You need to be on Apple TV. Yeah. You need to be on the Amazon platform if you're launching a direct to consumer, if you're not Netflix and in his opinion, if you're not Disney, but if you're anybody else. We've seen even some of the disputes between Peacock and, and some of them. He David, he is saying something that people aren't thinking about. He's talking about an Apple revenue stream that could be very, very big. And people are just thinking that Apple is rogue, so to speak, versus, say, a Peacock who's owned by this network. He did not say he questioned the, the, the viability of a Peacock to some degree. Well, I mean, he said it's too early, which it is. It's too but, early, right? It's ad-supported. It's gone a different direction. It saw a gap in the marketplace and, uh, and is trying to fill that. I think that, um, that, that Peacock's doing incredibly well. But, you know, if you want to launch a new direct-to-consumer, as Discovery likely will, can you just do it by going direct to your consumer and creating that brand? Or must you have that distribution through these channel stores? And how much do you have to pay for that? How much do you have to give up to them? Uh, so he thinks it's an enduring business model. Uh, th that's... I've got to tell you, when I look at the Apple analyst models, yeah. I don't see it. Well, I mean, it's already there in the app store. I mean, no, that's no, what we're, we're kind of talking about it. the same thing. I don't see it in the sense that this is a, a, a additional revenue stream. Yeah. I mean, you know, they cut the developer fees uh, 50% for the commission. That was a big deal. It was a big deal. But this is a revenue stream. Carl, I, I read all the Apple reports. No one, if, if they listen to what Malone just said, they could actually take up numbers. They could. Katie, you pretty take up numbers. She, she, she would, Carl. You put her on right now. Well, she would yeah, say that's I mean, interesting. It's interesting. But it was a uh, it was a big development for the App Store. But of course, uh, the head of Epic Games told Andrew a deal book yesterday that it really doesn't. Uh, it's an effort to maintain the monopoly or the duopoly, uh, not any real concession to developers. And then we had uh, David Heinemeyer, Heinemeyer Miller yesterday say that uh, it um, Hanson, right, uh, from uh, who, who started this whole thing. To begin with, and, and argued that uh, it's uh, really just peanuts compared to the power that Apple still yields. Wow. I mean, I, I looked at it and felt that it was a genuine attempt to help small business because there is a limit that's put on it. It's the $100 million people. And mm -hmm. you want to get them to $2 million, $3 million, you, you maybe take a little less of the VIG if you're Apple. I think it's the kind of thing where it's not below investing in channels, David, but it is uh, Apple taking a longer-term view. 
Right. But when you have global scale, unlike even your local, your cable company, which nationally can have some significance, but when you have global scale the way that they do, it's, it gives you enormous, uh, enormous power. I, most interesting, I thought it's Roku, which we've gone back and forth about, you know, is that business model sustainable? He clearly thinks good, yes. Good, because that, that stock is being viewed entirely as a pandemic stock. Yeah. And, and a lot of people feel that when the pandemic's over, that and Zoom are the two most dangerous stocks. I think when the pandemic's over, Roku's it, 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 it rules everybody. And we use Zoom to wait the way that you would have thought in 1964 when you went to the World Series, World, World uh, you know, to the World's Fair. And they had the, the phone. The, they had the phone where you could look at each other. Right. It was fascinating. My mom and dad took me. The phone where you could look at each other. But mm. Where was that? Where was the World's Fair? Queens. Queens. Flushing. Where my right wife is there. from. 1962, Flushing. right? That's yeah, where she was a stone's throw from that. The, yeah. The, the, yeah the, well, the, the pavilion yeah. and the whole thing. Yeah. Wow. The globe's still, some of it's still there. The ruins. <sighs> Carl? Guys, the CEO of GoodRx is coming up after the break on why Amazon's online pharmacy is complementary to their business, not competitive. Before the break, though, take a look at the bond market, a chart of the 10-year note ahead of existing home sales and LEI at the top of the hour. Uh, Yields also falling in Europe amid some worries about the spike in COVID cases over there. Uh, The German 10-year yield at lows not seen since last week's vaccine news out of Pfizer. Squawk on the streets back in a minute. Dow's down 130. Shares of GoodRx higher this morning. Wow, but it's down more than 25% this week alone. After Amazon announced the launch of its own online pharmacy came out in the morning and the people who own these stocks, including the drugstore trucks, were just choking. So with us now is the company's CEO who was most impacted by this announcement. This is GoodRx and the CEO, Doug Hirsch. Doug, thank you for coming on Squawk on the Street. How are you, Jim? Thanks. Okay, so I want to read you a quote from a a brutal downgrade that happened after the stock came down. It shocked me that you could still go and just crush the stock again. It's by Doug Anmuth. He's J.P. Morgan analyst, highly respected. He says, we believe GoodRx could be materially impacted by Amazon PrimeRx, the new discount card program, and we are downgrading the shares of GoodRx to underweight from neutral. Why should we not be worried when a very good analyst says that you will be materially impacted by Amazon PrimeRx? Sure. So pharmacy is really confusing. Honestly, that's one of the reasons why we started GoodRx. What Amazon did is they announced really two things. Number one is they said they want to improve the, their mail order pharmacy, which is what they do. But mail is really hard. You know, it's only like 5% of prescriptions, and it hasn't even grown in the pandemic. They're trying hard to improve it. And one of the ways they wanted to improve it is with this PrimeRx offering. And what that is is, you know, Jim, you if you have a pharmacy, you actually can't discount prices yourself. It, right. it actually violates both government as well as insurance contracts. You can't say, Doug, I like you. I'm going to give you half off. So they took a company called InsideRx, which we actually were the launch partner of, and they said, we're going to use you for our discounts, and we're also going to allow you to use these discounts elsewhere. But let's just stop for one sec. Do you think that Amazon actually expects people to go to Walmart with an Amazon discount card? I don't think either party's happy with that. They're arch enemies. So what's, what's fascinating about it is, it, it, you know, I don't think Amazon expects someone to use it, but they have to do it for insurance contracts. This is just about lawyers. Amazon would never want to send you to their arch enemy. They want to improve their mail order pharmacy. And I think there's some misinterpretation or misunderstanding 
that they're getting into it because they're offering one little discount of, of which GoToRx offers thousands and thousands at much better prices. Well, you know, Doug, I agree with you. Uh, there's a piece by Barclays, very thoughtful piece, positive on you, which just said we all think that Amazon is the Death Star. I'm quoting because John Malone's in my head from David's excellent interview. Chewy, Stitch Fix, Blue Nile. OK, uh, they were all supposed to be annihilated by Amazon and they are thriving. Uh, but Citrix is incredible. So why should we think that somehow Amazon is going to inhibit GoodRx's ability to grow monthly active consumers again, as J.P. Morgan says? Yeah. And again, they're not trying to do retail pharmacy. They're trying to improve their mail order pharmacy. That's what Amazon does. And that's what they've been trying to do for, for a long time. And other companies have too. remember drugstore.com. I mean, everyone, you know, Amazon right. wants the world mail. Mail's really hard. They're doing whatever they can. And to do that, they actually have to offer this, this card, which is buried deep in their website that theoretically allows you to use it as their competitors. But they don't want that. Their competitors don't want that. And it's not even that good relative to the many, many discounts that you can find elsewhere, such as at places like GoodRx. Right. So I'm actually, I, I don't think it's material to us at all. I think uh, we're, uh, you know, Well, let me ask you, Doug, I just point blank. Uh, would I find that the average price, average price of GoodRx is lower than what Amazon is offering. So we obviously looked at that, and we have lower prices with GoodRx Gold, our version of Amazon's prime mail product, over 90% of the time. That's because we have so many prices. We have 2 billion price points every day in GoodRx. They have one, which is this one program, and it's, it's fine. It's an okay program, but this is kind of the old school way that, that pharmacy discounts were handled prior to GoodRx, and we, we have so many more. Well, Doug, I want to thank you for coming on. I think there are a lot of people who felt that you hid. It's the opposite. You came forward immediately. And I think you came forward with compelling evidence as a customer of yours who uses the actual algorithm to get me the lowest price. I have no idea how Amazon could even begin to do what you do. Thank you for millions of people whom you saved a lot of money. And while I love Amazon Prime, I, I, I would be foolish to move away from what the prices that you've gotten me. Thank you so much for coming on Squawk on the Street. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it. Oh, interesting. All right, more from my exclusive uh, Liberty Media Day, of course, beginning today. We'll uh, include tomorrow. It's virtual for the first time. But uh, that doesn't mean that uh, Greg Maffei won't be live with me, as he typically is. He will be. we got that coming up. Don't go anywhere. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. When I listen to Gary Kelly, I think that you should sell Boeing, which my charitable trust owns. When I listen to Boeing itself, I feel very emboldened and think that there are lots of ways for Boeing to sell a lot of planes. Do not overlook the Biden-China, uh, what I regard uh, terrace would be the term, meaning that there will be uh, peace between the two countries. And the way that President Xi could, th- could show that he means business, what would be his olive branch? to buy a lot of maxes. Don't rule it out. It's what my crystal ball says. Huh. That's an interesting take, Jim. Three days above 200 now for, yeah. uh, for Boeing. What's on tonight? Robin Hood? Uh, Robin Hood. We're going to talk about these people who I think are smarter than the average bear. Uh, kidding. Yogi. Hey, boo-boo. You better focus. Uh, we have Workday with a, a CEO transition, a, a co-CEO. And then Uh, One of the most exciting companies during a period when you're locked up and trying to make your house organized, the container store. It's a mecca for people who are disorganized. A mecca. I remember when they went public. Yeah, that kind of reminds me, Jim, uh, speaking of of uh, consumables for the home. L Brands had a pretty good quarter (laughs) bed uh, and bath uh, body works. The comps are great. Almost a year and a half high here on LB. People washing their hands can be a 
potent force when you have a soap company. Um, by the way, when it comes to retail, I've been keeping an eye on Macy's guys. Uh, you know, not a large company, of course. We know it well, but under a $3 billion market value. But it was down as much as 8 9%. It's Come back, back, to, yeah, back look, to flat. EBITDA was ahead. Positive ahead EBITDA one quarter sooner than expected. Strong liquidity position. They say they got $1.6 really billion strong, in cash. Really stronger than a lot of people think. They're, yeah. They're doing much better than people think. I think the stock is... I don't want to say done going down because this Christmas seeds. Could be it's hard to know. I mean, digital sales, but of Jeff course, Kidd, are up sharply, as you know they are. But still in the 20s. Comparable still sales in the 20s. down 21%. Well, okay. Well, uh, uh, David, I mean. No, know, I mean, I know. What people you, thought they were going to be down 24%. Yeah. Coles, yeah. Coles came back. We didn't even talk TJ Maxx from yesterday, which also reported along with Lowe's. And they're and going, they're going online. I don't know. I think that Macy's moved up substantially ahead of this report, and it's not going down. I think that says something. I can't wait to hear the rest of the One last coda, Jim. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one last coda on Boeing uh, is the defense business. Uh, Boris Johnson today said that the era of cutting defense spending in the U.K. is over. Yeah. uh, That the international situation is the most perilous since the Cold War. That he wants to restore the U.K. to the foremost naval power in Europe. So we can't ignore, even though not all the defense names are up today. I felt that it was a Churchillian speech uh, from 1940. Uh, Let's just hope there's not planes in the air. Jim, we'll see you tonight. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, obviously. We'll take a break here. Session low at the open was uh, down 210 on the Dow. We've erased a lot of that. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.